1: Well, hello and welcome to episode number 197 of Youpner FM. Thank you so much for tuning in. You are in the right place, the place to be if you are a personal brand entrepreneur such as a coach, a consultant, an expert, blogger, podcaster, author, speaker, whatever it is, if you are building your business or want to build a business based around you, your personality, your expertise, and those that you want to serve, fear not, ladies and gents, You are tuning in to the right podcast at the right time, I promise. I am your host, Chris Ducker, and it's a pleasure to be with you again. And let me tell you something, I'm feeling really jazzed about all of our podcast episodes this month in December. It's been a great month, and we've got another handful or so of shows to come your way before the year is up as well. Today, I'm speaking with the one and only Erin Elizabeth Wells, author of the book Inspired Action. We're going to be deep diving into that in just one second, great conversation with Aaron. Before that, however, allow me to remind you that as a listener of Youpreneur FM, you get free access to my video course entitled The Youpreneur Launchpad, which gives you everything you need to do to get into the mindset, to start taking action, to actually start moving that needle in the right direction for you and your personal brand business. All you need to do to get instant free access is head over to chrisducker.com forward slash launchpad. It's only going to be around until the end of this year. So if you're tuning in post-December 2016, fear not, we will have something ready and waiting for you when you visit that URL. just won't be the launchpad, <laughs> I promise you, yeah. but it's still going to be good, that's for sure. But if you are listening prior to the end of the year, head over one more time to the very special URL. It won't be around much longer, chrisducker.com forward slash Launchpad, and you can get your grubby little mitts on it right now for free. Okay, so on to my chat with Aaron. Uh, We've never actually met each other in real life. It's weird when we say that nowadays, because we all feel so bloody connected, don't we, with the internet and whatnot. But no, myself and Aaron have never met before in person, but we've had a couple of conversations, and actually this conversation has been a long time coming uh, due to scheduling conflict. So we were finally able to sit down and have this chat about... Creating more purpose, boosting our productivity, and ultimately bringing a little bit of peace and calm to our entrepreneurial lifestyles, uh, all based off the extremely good book, Inspired Action. I know you're going to enjoy this conversation, and the chances are actually it'll probably get you thinking a little differently about doing some of the things that you're currently doing and how you're doing them, and how, more importantly, you can make just a few changes, a few little pivots and move in a slightly more confident direction. Here's myself and Aaron. Enjoy. So Aaron, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks so much, Chris. I'm thrilled to be chatting with you tonight.
1: The thrill is all mine. The th- As B.B. King once said, the thrill is gone, but not at this point. We are very much... <laughs> we- We are very much in the middle of our own thrill. This is good. I've been really looking forward to sitting down and chatting with you. We had a few scheduling conflicts, and I was like, gosh darn it, I'm getting her by the end of the year, and we've got you by the end of the year. This is good.
0: We uh, absolutely
1: did. We figured it out. We figured We're it all out, out. <laughs> as, as inspired, actionable people that we are. See how I did that? You see that little? Yeah, very yeah, nice. That was good, wasn't it? So yeah. you are the author of a book called Inspired Action, uh, Create More Purpose, Productivity and Peace in Your Life. I wanted to get you on to talk about that, but just sort of the journey in general. You told me before we started recording that this is five years of your life here. Five years of work putting inspired action together. Why did yeah. it take you so bloody long <laughs> to write the book?
0: <laughs> that is such a great question. And it's because I was very clear that I was working on a book. I was very committed to making sure it was finished. But there are these things that happen in our lives like, oh, you know, getting engaged, sure, planning a wedding, All of that kind of stuff. And let's just say that took over like a good 18 months of my world and attention for a while.
1: As it should. As it should. And
0: I I think in those five years, I moved four times. So, uh, because you're a sucker
1: for punishment, obviously. Because
0: I, you know, seriously, sometimes you wonder. But, uh, you know, I was moving in with my now husband and and we relocated after we didn't like our first apartment. So, you know, it's life shows up. And I think really the measure of of a committed person is their ability to to warrior through kind of as we said before with, you know, I know that I want this project to happen. I know this project's important to me. And can you sometimes put it on the back burner and then bring it forward and keep making progress. And, mm. you know, it's the commitment to the outcome as opposed to the specific timeline. And that's something I, I talk about a lot in my work.
1: Okay. So I love this. Okay. So um, when the people that you work with then overall, um, when, you know, because obviously you're, you're, you're a productivity consultant and, yep. and, and trainer at the very core of it, right? So sure. who, who are the people that you work with nine times out of 10 daily basis? Who are the peeps that you're sitting down to help across the board more than anybody else?
0: Sure, so my favorite clients, the people that I just get thrilled to be working with and that are most of my, my client base are what I like to refer to as passionate, recovering type A entrepreneurs,
1: Okay. You know, <laughs> Guilty as charged. All right. <laughs> you
0: know, these are folks who have, you know, they know how to get stuff done. And they have sometimes over committed themselves or over pushed themselves to the point where they have completely run themselves into the ground. So they're at that point of getting close to burnout, they're at that point of feeling just constantly overwhelmed, or like their schedule is dominating them, rather than them being able to make clear and intentional decisions day to day with their life. And so those are really the folks that I truly love to work with is Mm -hmm. helping them bring that sense of intentionality back into their everyday, helping them really to transform that, you know, day to day experience of just being busy into really clear, intentional results.
1: I love that. And, and here's the thing. I mean, you know, if you, if you or anybody tuning in knows anything about my story, you know that I burned out in 2009 myself. It was horrific. I was doing everything you just said and more <laughs> um, to the point where in 2010, I had to hire eight people to replace myself in the business. That was how thinly sure. spread I was. Wow. Uh, I'm sure this is nothing abnormal for you. You probably hear it on a daily yeah. basis. But I mean, for me, it really was... A massive game changer for me. Um, yeah. the, the burnout itself—I've talked about on the stage, I've talked about it on this show before, I've talked about it on my blog. People always <laughs> can relate to it. I think that yeah. almost every entrepreneur that I come across who hasn't got their shit together already um, is very is way closer to burnout than they actually think they are. Um, mm-hmm. And I think if if there's you and and I and other people out there that that, that are spreading the message of there is another way, you've got to be yeah. smarter about it. But if we're spreading that message, I think that's a good thing if we can help people to, to avoid it, because otherwise, it's just bloody inevitable. It's going to happen. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and part of the challenge of most entrepreneurs is we have so much desire to, to serve and to create the changes in our clients, You know, no matter what your, your industry or your work is about, that it becomes easy to just Basically, drop your entire world into it, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, part of the challenge becomes that eventually there comes a point where you just have nothing. Else to give in terms of time, in terms of energy, and if you don't get some really solid systems in place, and when it's appropriate, the right support team, like the eight people you hired to, you know, to help stop spreading yourself thin. Sure, you know, if you don't get that right support team in place and those good systems in place, then you cannot. You cannot grow to the point where you can impact even more people. You just hit a ceiling. And so mm. I find that that's the moment when a lot of people start reaching out to me is when they realize that they're they're either bumping their heads against that ceiling or they see it coming and they're looking at it and going, uh, I, I need to figure out a different way because yeah. if I keep doing what I'm doing right here, I'm going to be screwed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very Someone's going to hit the future. fan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I, I want to deep dive a little bit on the three main parts of your book, which are very clearly listed in the, in the, in the subtitle. More purpose, productivity... And then peace in your life. If we can kind of deep dive on those, I think it would be great. Um, I do want to touch base, however, on one aspect, and you know this is coming. I know, um, <laughs> in regards to the subject of passion, because you talk quite a bit about passion and dreams and lifestyle in the book as well. And I'm a, you know, I'm I'm a big preacher of you shouldn't start a business based entirely on passion. It's destined to doom in my eyes, if you do that, you've got to have a primary profit mentality. You've got to go into a business, not only yes to help and serve people and all that good stuff, but ultimately if you're not making money, you're not going to be in business for very long. Where do you stand on the passion versus profit mentality?
0: I, I would say that, you know, everything that you just said, Chris, I completely agree with because here's the biggest thing simply because you have a passion for something doesn't mean that you've wrapped your head around how to make it profitable now at the same time i think that without passion yep you're basically just you're on a ticking time bomb to to fall away from whatever that this is because if you don't have a certain level of passion for whatever it is you're choosing to do entrepreneurs are just way too invested in building and creating a business that without passion it will fizzle it will just fall apart yeah and I, I would
1: I would totally agree with you on that I totally right. agree with you on that but i but I'm that big believer of, of wanting to make sure that people don't go into it based entirely on the fact that you know you could love walking your dog but un, un, unless and you want to do it for other people, but unless you validate the fact that there are you know x amount of hundred dog owners in your local vicinity that need their dog walking on or 10% of them need their dog walking on a weekly basis. Unless you do these things, you're going to be a non-dog walking entrepreneurial mess. You know what I mean? Well,
0: and and even more than that, what I would additionally say, and this is, I think, something I touch on in the book, if you don't think through not only is there a market and can I make this profitable, but is the business model with which I'm approaching this work something that's going to work for me and my lifestyle and where I see myself moving in the next number of years, then one way or another, you're going to slam into walls. And so it's the, you know, you can either slam into the walls because it's that you just haven't thought through the business structure well enough for the sake of profitability, or you might be completely profitable, have no problem getting all of your dog walking clients and be one year in and go, what the frick was I doing? I'm walking way too often and my knees are starting to hurt. Right, right. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it is about both. And I mean, I had that moment in my own life, in my own personal story where, you know, I built my business doing services myself. My first business was actually as a professional organizer and I built it up seeing clients one-on-one working in their homes. Mm. And eventually I got to the point where I was a little tired of that work. And so I figured out how to hire and train others. And I grew that business to the point where I was no longer doing any of the hands-on work. I was running the business and I was training my staff and they were the ones going out to people's homes and small offices. And um, what was you know amazing is that that freed me up to discover that my real passion was doing what I like to refer to as the intangible organizing. It's helping people with their information flow, their decision making, their prioritizing, and figuring out what the priorities in their life are in order to then uh, make their their day-to-day tasks and actions clearer. And so, you know, but part of, the, part of the adventure of that was realizing that I didn't want it to be about hands-on work anymore. I wanted to do my work virtually. And now I have clients quite literally in a number of different countries. And I can do it all from the beautiful, you know office that I live in here in Salem Massachusetts. Yep. So yep. it's it was a fit for my passion, it was a fit for my lifestyle and it took a little bit of figuring out to get here and I think that is part of of finding that that beautiful sweet spot where it's profitable and it's passion driving.
1: I love it. Okay, good. Good good good. All right. So Let's deep dive a little bit here then on, on – honestly, the three main purposes, you know, the three main focuses, I, I, I really kind of – I want to take away a lot from, uh, from this conversation, not just for myself. And this is, by the way, but for my audience as well, but this is for you guys tuning in. You probably – you might have read – a blog post that I put up uh, about maybe a month or so ago on the blog where I talked about the 10 reasons why your business needs a voice, 10 reasons why to start a podcast. If there's any reasons at all, if there's any one reason at all why you need to start a podcast is to be bloody selfish, okay? (laughs) And to get brilliant people... (laughs) <laughs> to come onto your podcast and to talk to them. Like people that would usually charge you thousands of dollars an hour for consulting and coaching. Get them to come onto your show for free. It's great. And uh, you get to pick their brains and like lo- This is honestly, Erin, I kid you not, darling. This was the reason why I started my podcast in 2010 because I had just started the online side of my business. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but I knew that I could <laughs> chit-chat like the best of them. So yeah. I started a podcast And I got guys like Chris Brogan and Gary Vaynerchuk and all these guys to come on the show. And I was like, this is actually pretty cool. You know what I mean? (laughs) So anyway, for my own selfish reasons... A terrible I, aside there. i just
0: happy to be at your service for the moment, Chris. And I know that people will get amazing things out of whatever it is that we end up going down. I know. Down that's,
1: that's, what, that's what I'm all about. Okay. So let's deep dive in here then. Let's say we've been going for a little while. Let's say we're a year into our building our business. We've got a decent sized little email list. We're making a little money. We want to build things up, obviously, a little bit more in the next 12 to 18 months. But maybe we're searching a little bit. For something a little deeper, a little more. Maybe we don't really know what our purpose is. Maybe we haven't defined that purpose and defined that, that, that perfect prospective customer and that kind of stuff. Maybe we've not defined ourselves. Maybe we don't really know who we are quite yet, but we're doing okay with it so far. How can we create more purpose in our lives and in our business particularly?
0: I literally was just writing about this, and this is something that I touch on in my book, uh, in the second chapter of my book. I was writing about it in a blog post this morning because I truly believe that you know that you are on course, that you are on your path if the energy is showing up. Now, that doesn't mean that I show up to every day, every moment of my work in my world and say, wow, I'm so excited to be doing this right now. But it does mean that I do have a, a desire and an excitement. And particularly whenever I'm talking to people about it, it's there's energy. There's enthusiasm. And that's, that's where that passion can really pull you into it. So sure. maybe there's a, a particular area of your business. If you're not feeling it, if you're not sure about it, then, you know, first of all, you got to step back for a moment and ask some bigger questions. So are there particular sections of your work that you really love this, but you don't love that as much? So maybe you just need to niche down further or get more specific in doing just these pieces and not that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's about making sure that, that your purpose feels big enough. You know, maybe you are trying to do something, but you're not thinking broadly enough. And so it doesn't feel compelling enough. Mm. So it's, you know, how do we not just serve in the smallest possible way around this topic, but serve in a huge way? And how does that shift the motivation or shift the energy or excitement for it? Um, You know, I, I find that when you pause to ask these kinds of questions, that's when you invite in new identifying, you know, powerful answers. But if you don't if you just kind of keep rolling down the road and hoping that purpose is going to just smack you upside the head, <laughs> you might be wasting a lot of time. So mm. it's, you know, is are yet you, is your purpose big enough Is it – or on the opposite side, is it focused enough? I was going to say,
1: big big is great. I think we all need to have that big plan, right, that big overwhelming plan. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think the focus, particularly I think if you're a year or so in, I think the focus is even more important. Because here's the thing, and and we we had the brilliant Jenny Blake on the show not so long ago talking about the power of the pivot and why it's something (laughs) that – you know, a lot of entrepreneurs are scared of having the pivot, but it's life things change
0: at least twice there you go
1: exactly things change and so i like the idea of being uber focused to begin with but then as time goes by you know if you have to pivot if you have to change things up a little bit then you can do so it's not a big deal yeah
0: it's i mean the reality is if you're not changing, if you're not evolving, then you might as well be dead. I'm sorry. You know, we're, yeah. we're all trying to figure out how to live into the best versions of ourselves day to day. And if we, if we aren't constantly inquiring of ourselves, what else could we be doing? How else could we be taking this further? Or how else could we be serving even more deeply? Then I think we're missing an opportunity. And I think we might be just, you know, skating through life a little bit. And most of the entrepreneurs I know are so much better than that.
1: Yes. I, I would tend to agree with you as well. Um, particularly those in this community. I think, you know, because I've harped on them for long enough about this stuff. I, <laughs> I think they I think they get it now. I think they – well, I know they get it for sure. Um Okay, you've been just,
0: preaching that for long. Oh now. yeah, I'm a,
1: I'm, I've been preaching. I've been <laughs> preaching. So um, let's so let's dive a little bit on the productivity angle then. So our focus is there. We know what our purpose is. We're, we're we're ready and waiting to pivot if need be as well. But our focus is there. Productivity for me as an entrepreneur is kind of like it's it's my collateral like it's it's my currency is what it is the more productive i personally can be i know and it's not just about money yes i know if i'm productive i'm going to end up making more money they go very much hand in hand with each other in my in my world but it also enables me to do other things like for example spend more time with my key staff It enables me, and I'm talking all business related here, it enables me to think more broadly about products and services that I can offer my customers and and maybe even grow different prospective customer bases based Mm -hmm. off of what I want to do and how I can help people. And it also allows me, being productive also allows me to take care of me better as well um yes. and you know things like exercise goes on my schedule i hate bloody exercising i i've <laughs> i've said it not, who come on i mean very few a very small percentage of the world handful, like yeah. really loves to exercise. i hate it i would skip it in a heartbeat if i could I, I i'd be the first to admit that but i know it's important for me to get up and move even if it's just for 20 30 minutes a day i know it's important yeah. for me to do it even if it's just walking the dog it doesn't matter yeah. right so um how how can we inject you know uh, that productivity mindset into what we're doing in in you know in the way that we are looking to continually inspire ourselves in the way you know, and, and the people that are around us?
0: Well, I I think there's two pieces to there's two pieces to my answer to your question. One is I think that you know particularly for entrepreneurs, and I, I certainly get the sense of this and and what you just said there, Chris. Our minds are constantly going, we're constantly thinking of new possibilities, new opportunities, new roads, or we're constantly, God help us, reading new sets of of content and information saying, Ooh, if you haven't tried this marketing angle, then you should absolutely do it because it's the greatest, coolest, the bomb thing right now. And suddenly we feel like we have to like jump on that bandwagon or otherwise we're going to be left behind. And so there's always these new projects, new ideas, new possibilities that are coming at us from all these different angles. And the reality is that trying to, to manage all of those possibilities and decisions, if they're just shooting through our head moment to moment can be exhausting, right? It's it's something that just, you know, how in the world am I supposed to sort all of this out? So my first answer, or the first section of my answer to your question is, I truly believe in what David Allen originally taught, which is you got to get it out of your head. You got to put all of these possible ideas and projects or current commitments and activities down into a, a capture book, and specifically into a master list. That's what I usually teach my nice. clients. About.
1: Okay. Okay. Is,
0: there has to be, just like you have a calendar that is where you put your appointments, and you can tell whether or not you're free or not free at a particular time on a particular day by looking at that calendar, you have to have one place, your master list, where all of your current tasks, projects, commitments in terms of the non-appointment things live. So it's got to get out of your head. It's got to get one place that you can then evaluate and measure things against each other, determine which one is more important right now. So,
1: so how do we do that? Let's let, can we break that down? How do sure? we do that then?
0: Okay, so. Uh, essentially, actually, I'll tell you one of the things I'd be happy to uh, offer that might make things a little easier is, Chris, uh, I can give your team, your your listeners, etc., a gift of the Start Your Master List e-guide that I've created. Um, Love it. On, they can go to chosencourse.com backslash youpreneur, and I'll make sure that that's available for them right there. Um, but let me answer the question in, the, in a short way that that will give a little more information around. Okay. Essentially, you, you got to start by just dumping it all out of your head. So grab whatever notebook you got nearby <laughs> and just every action, task, project, anything actionable that is currently zooming around in your head or zooming around in your email inbox needs to all end up in one place. From there, you need to decide what is, what's the permanent tool? Like, where am I going with this? Nice, okay. In terms of, like, this has got to live in one place, but what's the one place it's going to feel and be most effective for me? So I've had, I mean, I've done this work with entrepreneurs. I've done it with senior level, C-level executives. I truly believe that there are times when it has to be digital, particularly if you're working with a virtual team, Mm -hmm. then you got to go with a digital solution. But there are also times, like I've I've had C-level executive clients where a notebook was the best fitting thing for them. <laughs> and it was going to mean that they could have it with them at all times. They could take their notes, capture their ideas, review it at their leisure, at their pleasure. And it, you know, they were just old school that way and they loved their notebook. And so I still love my
1: how- notebook. I, 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 I don't know that. I mean, for me I did for years. There's no I don't I don't know, for me there's just nothing better than being able to hold a notebook with a pen and just go to work on it. I love the digital format obviously yep. and it definitely helps me run my businesses from from a distance, but there's just something about um, being able to write and sketch and and just sure. dream on on a piece of paper. I don't know. I don't think well, I'll ever then, stop using pen and paper for that matter. I don't I don't think.
0: Well and, and honestly I'll tell you, you know, I, I had a particular brand of notebooks that I was wedded to for I'm um, probably close to ten years mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. like, you know, this was my favorite paper tool. And certainly when I'm still talking to folks about paper, I always go back to it. But it's you know, for me it basically became two things that that took me out of the notebook and into the digital land. One, I always had my phone on me. Once we got into the land of smartphones. My phone was always on me and that notebook wasn't. Huh. And so, you know, if I was out to dinner with my husband, I wasn't bringing my work notebook with me to dinner with my husband, but I right. was bringing my phone. And so it was a lot easier to capture that task that just popped into my head or yep. that idea or that whatever just by typing it into my digital task management system on my phone app than it was to try and remember it <laughs> by the time I got home from dinner, right? Yep. So it was it was as much about that. And then it was, of course, as I started working with my team and I started having a group of people who were all working together on projects, it's just so much easier to to maintain communication and transparency in a lot of digital solutions. Mm-hmm. So so essentially you gotta choose a tool, you gotta put all of that information in. One place, and then the second thing the second part of this, and this is I think the piece that that a lot of people really struggle with, is you 've got a laser fricking focus
1: mm. okay.
0: because the, reali- the reality is there 's always going to be other things you could be doing. <laughs>
1: Yes. Well, I always say when you say yes to something, you're instantly saying no to something else. And so yes. that's why the importance of prioritization is right there. I set up my day the night before, not even the night before, mm-hmm. at 4 p.m. when I when I turn everything off. I, I yep, stop working sure. at 4 p.m. There's a little post-it that is right mm-hmm. next. It's on my desk. It's right next to my keyboard. And it has the three things that I must do The next day. If I don't do them, then I've had a losing day. That's the way I look at it. Now, everything else that's on the schedule is going to get done as well, but these three things must get done that following day. Uh, And I don't work fridays you know there's a thing that you know that i talk about hashtag no work friday so Mm -hmm. you know i I don't work so i gotta be super focused i gotta be super productive monday through to thursday to continue to have that three-day weekend that i've had for over three years now so you can imagine how important i i how the importance rather i place on that one post-it note with those three things every day
0: absolutely and that's that's very similar to a system that i teach as well i'm and i'm right there with you chris i don't work on fridays either in general i try as much as possible nice. to make sure that all of my client work all of my other stuff you know if i'm doing any work on friday it's it's you know brainstorming envisioning sure yeah yeah know,
1: yeah of course yeah
0: that kind of stuff um, but, uh, you know, Friday's my day for my yoga class and, you know, go have tea with a friend. Like that's, that's my thing on a Friday, Love but it. yeah, the, the, the post-it note with the three things, I find that that kind of a system is so effective because one of the biggest mistakes that people start making is they confuse their master list for their today list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they start, you know, they, they brainstorm all these things down onto a list and then they're like, okay, here are all the things I need to do today. But it's completely unreasonable. <laughs> There's no way that they're ever going to have a shot at doing the 25 or 30 <laughs> or 70 things right, that are right, on right. that list. <laughs> and so, you know, part of the the thing with getting laser focused is really being able to make those priority decisions and being able to get very crystal clear on my, my top priority are these specific things. Now, what I usually teach is your, your number one is what I refer to as your inspired action. It's the one thing that come hell or high water you are committing to do tomorrow. Okay. And then I usually say after the, the inspired action, you have your three bonuses. And essentially, those are the next three tasks that with any energy, any time, any opportunity you have that day, here's where you're going to put your attention next. So typically, my shortlist has four things on it, one of which is a commitment, and the next three are your top priorities to move towards. And if you get all four of those done, you've had a rocking good day. Because inevitably, there are all the other things that you're going to do based on your commitments based on what pops into your email inbox based on the phone call from the client or whomever that, you know, this just suddenly needs to happen today. So it leaves space for that.
1: Mm, mm. And I think it's important. I mean, what do you, I mean, how do you keep that space a priority? How do you do that yourself? Is it just a matter of saying, well, I'm not putting nothing on my schedule Fridays or is it something else? I mean, When we talk about inspired action, I mean, this for me is inspired action because I'm inspired to leave my Fridays completely open so I can spend more time with my wife, the kids at school. i got nothing on the schedule. Nothing planned at all. It might be a double yoga class. It's funny how we have that in common. It might be a double bill at the cinema. It could actually be just lounging around the bloody house all day eating popcorn and ice cream. Like, you know, it really depends on just what the vibe is like at that time. But but how do we how do we make sure, Erin, that we don't start filling up that space because We've got a lot of things we could be getting on with, right? Like the Friday for me, I could always write or record sure. or shoot yeah. or, you know, something. Like there's always something I could be doing on the Fridays. But how do we keep that space a priority?
0: So this is what, this is where I usually bring in the question of mindset. Because what what's funny is whenever I talk to people about, you know, productivity, task management, any of these kinds of things mm-hmm. – Almost immediately, they jump to, I, you know, what's your favorite tool? Like, tell me what's your favorite, you know, software program or blah, blah, blah. Is. And I'm like, I will absolutely answer that question for you. But here's what I'm going to tell you is if you haven't gotten your mindset around this stuff handled first, you can have the best freaking tool on the planet and it'll still drive you into the ground. Mm. And so – Essentially, that's you know, and that's part of why I teach that Inspired Action and Three Bonuses because the reality is there's always going to be more things you could do. That's part of living. That's yep. part of yes. just being involved and being engaged in our day-to-day lives. And so is there something that I could do 24 hours a day? A freaking course there is. <laughs> you know, most people have a panic attack when I say I have 250 things on my – task list on any given day. Right. They're like, oh my God, how do you sleep at night? I say, I sleep like a baby, thank you very much. Because I know that that list isn't my slave driver, it's my menu of options. It's my opportunity to choose where I'm putting my attention on any given day. And for me, energy management, and this is another piece of of productivity that I talk about a lot, is just as important as the task management and getting stuff done. So that Friday for me, it's about self-care. It's about making sure that I'm showing up for me so that I can show up all the rest of the time.
1: I love that. I love that. Okay, so let's let's deep dive into our final section here. Getting more peace into our lives. <laughs> this is, I mean, I'm giggling a little bit here because I'm a, obviously a 12-year-old schoolgirl. I love to giggle a lot. Um, <laughs> but I I'm, I'm giggling because we I mean we we want this like if everybody if anybody listening in says oh I don't need more peace and quiet in my life you're talking bullshit okay you are because we all need more peace we all need more space and more downtime and quietness but for some reason and this is where I get like let me get up on my my soapbox here for a minute I believe that society has led us to believe that to be seen to be successful you've got to be grinding and hustling and and working 24 hours a day and you've got to have lots of things on your calendar all the time and it's complete rubbish it's complete rubbish i'm curious to know give us a, a, a two or three tips real quick before we wrap up where we can really start to get a little bit more peace and quiet in our lives
0: well you know it's interesting because Peace is a personal passion of mine. different for
1: everybody, though. It's different (laughs) for everybody. It
0: it is different for everybody because I know people who find peace on a soccer field. And I know people who find peace in a jiu-jitsu – who find peace in a jiu-jitsu ring. And I know people who find peace in their yoga class and in sitting on the beach. And so I I truly believe that how do you get more peace – The first thing you need to do is ask yourself that question. What specifically could I do today that would help me feel more peace? Mm -hmm. And if you don't ask the question, you don't get the answer. Mm -hmm. So you got to start by asking the question because your answer may be different from the guy next to you. Just because I like Zen meditation doesn't mean that somebody else likes Zen meditation. It might drive them bonkers. So sure. yeah. You know, it's, it's finding your road to peace. And then the second thing I would say is kind of like we were just talking about with the mindset, you have to commit yourself to it where it becomes more important than all of the other things that could take that time so that it's it becomes something you protect it becomes something that is uh core to how you choose to show up for your life your work and uh how you are here on this planet mm. because mm. otherwise you know as we said before there's always a new project there's always a new idea there's always something you could be reading something you could be doing yeah but you're the only one who has the ability to choose and to decide that this is the moment when you're going to do the activity that brings you peace. And the more you make that decision consistently, the more you give yourself the ability and permission to feel it, to know it, to be part of it, to have that be part of your life on a regular basis, not just when I'm on vacation and sitting on a beach.
1: Right, right. What a nice way to end. I think, I mean, that's a pretty good wrap-up. <laughs> it's a pretty good wrap-up. That, that, like that, that feels like that could be the end of a keynote right there. If it's not one already, it should be. Um, I love it. I think you're great. We've not met in real life but i um truly look forward to the day where we can clink a cup of tea together and share some more little tidbits of our lives with each other i think you're a real inspiration and uh, i think that uh, my audiences uh, if they're not already falling in love with you they will do very soon um th- the best place what's the where's the best place to find out a little bit more about you and what you're all about
0: Absolutely. Well, obviously my website, chosencourse.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's really the best place to find out about my work, my world, you know, my personal background. We didn't we didn't even discuss any of my silly div school background or any other such entertaining parts of my <laughs> personal history. But uh, you can get little clues and hints about a lot of that by uh, you know, following us on the blog and and uh you know, getting us a taste of our world at chosencourse.com.
1: Cool. Okay. And for you guys, don't forget chosencourse.com forward slash youpreneur for that little gift that Erin's going to be giving you show notes and links to the book, to that, to the blogs, to everything else over on the show notes, chrisducker.com forward slash episode 197. Erin, thank you so much for being with me. I very much appreciate it.
0: Absolutely, Chris. It's been a joy and a delight.
1: All right. Thank you so much. And for you guys listening in, I'll be back at you again on Friday. We've got the one and only Mark Asquith in the house, all the way from the sunny Isles of England. That is pure (laughs) rubbish. It's freezing over there right now. But uh, Mark is on to talk all about his journey and what he's all about, as well as a personal brand entrepreneur. Until then please go ahead and start inspiring more action as an entrepreneur for yourself and for those that you love. I'll be back at you again soon. Bye for now.